Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Barris Sage Institute colleague, Ed Kless. On today's show, Ed, did you know that incumbents really hate competition? Really? <clears throat> yeah, isn't that amazing? I'm shocked by this. Me too. Yeah. You know, all business people live the ultimate contradiction, and this applies to all of us. You know, we pray at night for super normal or monopoly profits or windfall profits, and we spend our days driving down those profits by competitively supplying customers with more of what they want. <laughs> so it's the ultimate paradox, isn't it? Yes, it it is. It is, and that is just a natural part of things. You know, so. Uh, but but Ron, before we d- jump headlong in, just want to mention. So I, I'm out here in San Diego, sunny San Diego. Not, I don't know if you're aware of this, but San Diego for the last three days has had like nonstop rain. Ugh. Oh, and it's whole state's it, getting pummeled. It is just in, it's crazy, right? And where there's this one section where you got to walk out to the, the the conference from the conference center to the where the expo area is at this mm-hmm. conference that I'm doing. We're at the Sage Summit, by the way, Sage Summit 2019. I'm uh, cool. pretty excited about it. One of two events that we're doing this year, one here in San Diego and then the other one in Atlanta. And there's a, one section where you have to cross the road, so there's no covering on it, right? And I, I was coming back from the expo center with a cup of coffee, and, you know, my my tag, my lanyard is, like, flopping around in the, the, the wind, right? And the coffee is literally blowing off the top. Like, it's, wow. it's blowing. I'm like, I suddenly ended up in the middle of the opening of segment of Gilligan's Island. You know, like, it's like the three-hour <laughs> tour. Right, right. All of a sudden, they're like, what the heck is going on here? But yeah, so the good news is, though, is that I've had a chance to present some of the ideas that you and I have been talking about and working on and uh, share some thoughts on subscription-based economy and and very well received by two two different audiences that I was, I was able to present to. So the message is still out there, and we're going to be doing lots of shows on this, including next week, and we'll talk more about this at the end. The author of Subscribed coming on the show, Tian Cho. Well, we're really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, you're right, Ed. We're just getting pummeled. I'm so over this rain in California. About about 45 minutes ago, an hour ago before the show, uh, there was nothing but hail. I mean, just sheets of hail coming down up here in uh, Northern California. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. The sun's starting to break through though right now. So I think uh, I think the rest of the day will be okay. But yeah, it's a nightmare. They, All right. I heard a report where there's going to be you're going to be able to snowboard through July 4th because wow. of what's going on in Sierra Nevada. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> By yeah. the way, it's the snow ski industry that's responsible for the president's holiday. That was their idea to get another three, you know, day weekend in for the, for the snow. Really? Season. Yeah. I, I just learned that. that. Yeah, I didn't so either. 
so did they, so, but like even going back to like Washington's birthday, that kind of thing or that, that, cause that's been celebrated for a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know the origin. I don't know when it happened, but it was definitely the snow ski uh, industry that, uh, that lobbied yep. for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Ed, social media has just been blowing up and the whole no. thing uh, is just, you know, Intuit QuickBooks announced uh, a b- bookkeeping assistance with their QBO packages, you know, anywhere from 210 to $260, the, the ranges. It's basically $200 a month plus the QBO subscription. Correct. Yeah. And I think there was, a, there was a lot of misunderstanding about that. And, right. And, even among some people in our group that, that they were, that, that it was cause it was just a flat addition of the $200 right. on top of the price. And honestly, when, when the, the way the website is lined is, is uh, set up and you flip the little switch to add the $200, it, the, the pricing does look kind of dumb. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? Not sure. I like the way they, they laid it out. And then there's another freelancer option for like $205 for, I guess, real simple, uh, you know, freelancers, but, um, either way, I, a lot of people are blowing up about it and talking about it. Joe Woodard wrote, um, an, an article in, um, I think, uh, what was it? Insightful accountant. And we'll put a link up to this. I thought it had some really good points. Blake Oliver, uh, also wrote an article and, and his was titled, uh, pretty, pretty provocatively bookkeeping is dead how into it will kill it for good. Um, which is interesting. And he even admitted, I think on his, on his podcast with uh, David Leary that, um, yeah, the title was a bit hyperbole. Yeah. I think it would be cause why would somebody invest in a dying industry? Right. Great point. Right. <laughs> so if, if, if it's going to die, then in, into it, it'd be like, let's get nuts. Why would we do this? Why would we do it? If, if yeah. anything, if anything, folks, what this does is it validates the market for bookkeeping. Exactly. And, um, you know, while it's true, what and kills human you. beings and hu- yes. the human, and, that, and then when we say bookkeepers, we mean the human interaction, right? Absolutely. Well, that's what I mean by it. Like the human the, side the, of this, the relationship, yep. the relationship, the, the mentoring, the, the, whatever you want to call it, the friendship, the mentoring, the, the objective outsider, the, you know, if you want to take the Peter Drucker line, the bystander, um, what, whatever you're kind you know, I'm not, I don't like trusted advisor. I know you don't either, but no. you know, whatever it is, coach, mentor, that relationship is still key and it's always going to be key. And I don't care what happens with technology. Um, yeah, technology will be able to automate some of this stuff, but and I've been hearing my whole career <laughs> that this this low end work, I, I, you know, fill in the blank, right? right. Uh, bookkeeping, uh, taxes is is going away. It's going to disappear. I'll tell you what; it's only getting more complicated. Take a look at every tax law change, Wayfair, you know, all of this stuff. It's it just gets more complicated. And why these why the bookkeepers and accounts are needed is because they have to curate this stuff and and help people through this maze of, of if nothing else just just the the regular regulatory overload right well let's let's face it part of it is the is the fact that when we say bookkeeper it's not what we meant 20 years ago exactly right yeah. Like or or thirty or whenever, right? So, you, but the, you know, the, if you look at you know the someone who you know makes the entries into the ledger, blah blah. Okay, yeah, that's gone away, but it it's gone away. That's been gone for a while, right? right? 
Yeah, I, I, and I think I've, I can't remember if I told this story on it, but it's wor- worth it because it's, it's just such a good one that my, my dad had a company when I was in college. It was, um, it made manufactured rolling doors down in, in Brooklyn, right? It is the doors that come down in front of like, uh, the mall, the stores in the mall. Sure. You know, yep. that kind of thing kind of, and, and, and stores in, in highly dense populated areas. So it was pretty good business in, in Brooklyn anyway. And the, 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 his, his company ran on what was called ready to run accounting. Do you remember this? That was, that was the product. Wow. It was was a while ago, right? So here's what it was. It was fascinating. It was, it was Lotus one, two, three macros. Right. 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 So you would, there there was like a, a form that you would fill out, you know, you would put in the stuff and then you kicked off a macro and it would like the screen would go. Right. Then like copy and populate it and all of this stuff where it had to be like, you knew crap was getting done right, like right, it was, right, right. it's like you saw <laughs> you saw it in real time kind of yeah screen explode in front of you right? you're like yeah look at that right because you would have to all done that all by your by hand anyway it was like 99 dollars a module or whatever this was that when I mean, it was it, and it ran completely on lotus or symphony i think that was their you know they they upgraded remember when symphony came out which is right, this combination right. spreadsheet and word processor yes. right so but if you think about it that's it's a bot Yep. That's, that's a bot, it's a bot, right? Yeah. And, you know, then more sophisticated programs came out like, you know, Mass 90, which is Sage product and Great Plains, which is one that I was involved in. And it's just bots, right? Sure. It's bots that automatically execute this code, right? And then, you know, as we've talked about, and I think that, uh, you know, going back to, you know, remember Daniel Suskin, we haven't talked that, that mentioned that name in a while. We, we, we are now becoming managers of the code, that's mm-hmm. what we do. We supervise. Right. We supervise the bots. We supervise right? the bots and the algorithms. And we, yeah, we, and, and and so here's the thing: the 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 nature of bookkeeping has has changed. You're not no longer doing all of that manual stuff, but it's but in our head we're like, okay, so they're trying to take out bookkeepers. Well, no, they're just trying to further automate the process, right? And which is going to happen no matter what. But as you said earlier, and it's such a crucial point. They have validated the fact that us people want to talk to people. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and in fact, you know, the, the word bookkeeper this is another point that Blake Oliver made. He went to the Google, you know, how you can track a word and its yeah. use over yep. time. Yep. Um, he, he went and did that for the word bookkeeper and it peaked in 1919. And then it's just, you know, dropping like a rock from there. And I do think we need to find a better word, <laughs> you know, than, than bookkeeper. And maybe it's just accountant. I know that creates regulatory issues in some countries and states and all of that. But, who, you know, but, yeah, the, you know, the other thing is um, just big picture macro on this. There's been a lot of talk about the $200 price point, and we'll get more into that because I, I want to get yes. your your take on that because I, I have really, really strong feelings on this. But but here's what I'll say about it from a macroeconomic you know, perspective and even from a pricing perspective, but certainly from an economist perspective. Economists love a wide range of price points in a market for a product or service because we want to see both the rich and the poor be served. And that's what you, you just think about a hotel room, right? You can get a hotel room over an incredibly wide range of prices, 
you know, probably starting from 20 bucks on up to, you know, $10,000, right. $10,000 a night, you know, if you, um, and it just shows that we're serving the rich and the poor, but also every point in between, right? And this is true with cars and hotel rooms and food and restaurants. And I mean, that's a sign of a healthy, dynamic market. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean anything's dying. It means that there's a, you know, there's, yeah, sure, there's two ends, but then there's this wide dispersion in the middle. And, and that's a great thing. Now, that makes positioning and strategy crucial, I mean, you always like to point out that McDonald's and Ruth Chris are both selling, you know, steak, for lack of a better term. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Questionable in some cases, but yeah. (laughs) I think one of them selling, uh, you know, time, but or speed, but but, but put that aside, Um, you know, but look, there's Applebee's in the middle and, you know, I don't know, Sizzler and other steakhouses. So. Just the point is, just because there's a low entry into the market, it it doesn't mean anything per se. And this is where I think the views of economists completely differ from the views of consultants or or practitioners of an industry. I mean, economists don't really care. (laughs) They just want to see more experimentation. They want to see more dynamism and and let let the market figure it out. The you know, and which means let customers decide based on voluntary choice, whether or not they want a particular offering at a particular price. All right. Absolutely. Well, Ron, up against our first break. Hey, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out if because I, I think that there might be some people who are listening live to the show this time. And if, you, if you, we do have a call in number, we rarely talk about it. But let me throw it out there. If you're interested in giving us a call in the, in the next 45 minutes, the number is 866-472-5790. We'd love to ha- hear from you if you have something to say on this. Keep Make sure that you, if you do call in, you keep it to a question and keep it relatively short because we've only got the hour here. But also, also, I want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or myself by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website, The Soul of Enterprise, show notes, previews to upcoming shows, as well as our archive page, which has all of our shows. You can go back and listen to them going back to 2014. But right now, a word from our sponsor. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. 
for a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise all right well welcome back everybody we're talking about how incumbents hate competition but but customers love it so the other thing about this ad that struck me was you know, Intuit, for the most part, has always been kind of a B2C company, right? They've yes. always trying to democratize. I mean, look at Quicken, right? Quicken 36 years ago. Now, I know they sold it and all of that. And I don't want to right. get into any of the details of any of this. But, you know, the fact is people were saying, I think even Blake says in his article that uh, it's Quicken, its first product 36 years ago, the end of bookkeeping as a profession has been inevitable. Well, it's 36 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure it's inevitable, but... Yeah. You know, that aside, um, here here's the thing that, that struck me, and, and, and kudos to Blake. Uh, shout out, Blake. I, I know you're probably listening or going to listen. Um, he, he went and found some earnings call with the former CEO of Intuit, Brad Smith. Mm-hmm. And on this earnings call, here's what Brad said. And this was like a couple years ago. He said the primary objective to transform the $20 billion, and he's talking about TurboTax Live, by the way. So the fact that, you know, when you buy TurboTax, you can have access to a live CPA to help you answer questions and look at your return on screen and make sure everything's tied out and works and all of that. And he said the primary objective to transform the $20 billion assisted tax prep category and begin to and begin to bring more of them into the do it yourself category. And with TurboTax Live, we're converting them from higher priced alternatives. Now, I have to tell you, this has been pissing off the CPA profession for <laughs> decades. And a little bit later on, I'm going to read something from 1996. Oh, it's got the same gripes that I'm seeing, you know, all for the last 10 days or whatever it's been since they've announced this. But, and, and there's a lot of indignation, a lot of, you know, groups I'm in on bookkeeping and counting and all that they're, you know, they're saying, well, it's the principle of the thing. You know, it's kind of like if you were a painter and you you bought your paint in a store, you know, from a, a vendor, Sharon Williams or something, and then that store goes out and starts a painting company and directly competes with you. And because they have cheaper costs, right, they buy the paint for less than you do at retail. They're buying it at wholesale maybe or even the manufacturer, and then maybe they use low-cost labor. And so people are saying it's the principle. And and I think that is the strongest argument, mm-hmm. you know, when a company commits to, to helping. I, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of my dad's story with Redken. Um, Redken completely changed. Redken Laboratories completely changed the, the barber beauty industry completely, upended it. And by providing education and, and maybe hairstyling and chemical services and color and, and retail and a whole bunch of other things. And they were completely dedicated to the professional salons. You could only buy Redken in a professional salon. And then slowly over time, um, there was diversion of that product and you could buy it in a you know, drugstore. 
And now you can kind of walk down the CVS aisle or, you know, Walmart or Target and you can see Redken. And that, too, upset the professional channel. Now, it's not a perfect analogy because, you know, that that channel changed a bit and other things going on. But I can see the argument. I can see the argument that it's the principle. They said that they were dedicated to us and now they're not. But I, I just don't find it compelling because, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the golden rule of capitalism, right? Uh, the good fortune of others is also one's own. And, yeah, come on in. The water's fine. If, if you're comfortable with your value proposition, your strategy, your position in the market, you should welcome competition because if, if anything, it validates the market. Right. And it forces you to want to, to then figure out a way to do better, which in turn services customers better. I mean, and that, that's what it's all about, ultimately creating that, that, that additional wealth in, in the marketplace. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there are a couple of startups already who are doing this, who are offering both bookkeeping and accounting software in De Niro and Bench. Um, I didn't realize it. Um, Bench has 350 team members, <laughs> 5,000 plus customers. And Ed, their price is 95 to $495. Now, that, to me, that brings up an interesting point that I want to talk about, but we can talk about that when we talk about the anchoring effect of this $200. Okay. But is there anything else you wanted to add to, to, to any of this from an economic perspective, how you see this? Well, I mean, you know, just just like you said, it's 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 happened in in multiple different industries and continues to happen. I mean, this is the creative destruction forces of jo- Joseph Schumpeter, right? I mean, that's that's what what's going on here, and uh, yeah, the, you know, one that I, the one that's kind of near and dear to my heart, just because it's happened recently to to myself and and my my wife, is you know, you go to and, and I always get this wrong. What's what, what's the actual doctor, Ron, who takes care of your eyes? Ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist. So that's the actual doctor, the MD that 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 does right. that. I mean, if you go if you go to to one of those guys and you get your quote prescription from them, you know they also happen to have like the eyeglass place that's affiliated with their practice, right? Sure. Yep. And you know you go there and they'll it's like two hundred dollars for a pack of glasses, and they they probably have fairly stylish frames and all all of this stuff, right? Well, if you if you go to ask to say, hey, listen, can I get my prescription because you want to take it elsewhere? And there's a, one that I found called Zinnia Optical, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know basically got something close enough to the two hundred dollar pair of glasses that that I got from the from the the ophthalmologist store, found something relatively close. That was, and I'm not kidding, eight dollars. <laughs> That's cheap for subscription uh, prescription lenses. Right now, I have a very, very light prescription. Extra, I just use it for reading. Yeah, sure. I just use sure. it for computer reading and that that kind of stuff. Right, but the the but when I when I went to get that. They they give you the prescription. So what your I don't know the plus minus right whatever how magnification level, but they don't give you the measurement that says how far your pupils are away from each other, other. right? So that you can figure out what the center point is. And their argument is as well, while one is the prescription, that's technically not part of the prescription, right? Because that's like, that's like, like taking your weight. Right, right, right. Right. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's a measurement, right? Not a metric. It's a measurement. Right. 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 And then you, but you can, you go and beg for it and they will give it to you begrudgingly because they know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> right. And, yeah, but 
then you can go get your glasses as much as you want. But this is it's it's kind of the same thing. They're they're trying to hold on to to this this, this obviously money making scheme that they've had, right? And uh, and but the competition is just killing it because you can get those same prescription lenses a lot cheaper other places. And I would bet now, Ed, even if you didn't have that measurement and you tried to buy glasses online, that they have an app on your iPhone that would take that measurement for you. Oh, no doubt. And no doubt. There, I've done some, some reading about this where you, you actually look into, you know, it takes a sure. picture of you and it can figure out based on, you know, some other things, how far you are away from the screen. Because of, so, yeah, and th- th- this is, of course, a, you can do the whole thing. You can almost do a, a complete eye exam, eye exam sure, with, right. with your phone. Yes, John Stossel's done a video on that, hasn't he? Where he yes, talked about uh-huh. that. And I know that some states have tried outlaw. In fact, we talked about it on a free rider Friday. Um, but that does bring up an interesting point that, you know, one of the reasons why we said customers love choice, not so much competition. And that's another topic I want to talk to you about because people say, well, capitalism is a co- uh, you know, system based on uh, competition. No, it's not. That's not its primary feature. Mm-hmm. It's competition is, is in any any social system, whether it's communism or socialism or capitalism, but that doesn't, that's a result of scarcity. In other words, scarcity is ubiquitous, but that doesn't mean it's the primary feature. But, but that aside, um, you know, I I often ask people, look, you you know, I know as an incumbent selling your services, you don't like competition. You certainly don't like to see low price competition enter the market, but does any customer feel guilty using Veeam? to send money? You know, do you feel like you're hurting your bank <laughs> because right. you're not using their wire transfer service or, or how about when Amazon enters the, the, um, the prescription drug market and, and, and are they in there yet? I don't know. I, I know I they were not that I've heard. It's possible. Yeah, that and, I, you know, I, I know they have gotten licensed in most of the 50 States. So, I mean, they're gearing up for it. They're coming. Oh and, yeah. And, and when they come into that market, how many people are going to switch and buy their stuff on Amazon? I know mm-hmm. I will just probably just because of the convenience. Exactly. You know? And, and am I going to feel guilty with my local pharmacist? No, I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> this is a better service. It's better value. It saves me time. Again, transactions costs. It's not just the price. Mm-hmm. It's the transaction costs as well. I don't have to run to the pharmacy anymore. I don't have automatic renewals. Amazon will handle all that. And they'll do a great job. So it's it's really capitalism is not a system of competition. It's a system of choice. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, do you, did any of you ever feel guilty about, you know, buying stuff from Ikea and putting it together yourself about all of the jobs you're taking away from furniture manufacturers? I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you think about it, Ed, if you, if you look at socialism or capitalism, they're also they're also subject to scarcity. And because, you know, so there's com- – there's competition for those scarce resources in any economic system that you design, but competition does not give rise to voluntary exchange. Yeah, that's, right? that's profound. Yep. And, and, yep. and so competition is a feature, but it's not the defining feature. I mean, if you have two invitations from your friends, you know, for dinner, like I invite you out and Kirk Bowman invites you out. <laughs> right. You're obviously going to have to make a choice and one of us is going to be disappointed. But this this doesn't mean friendship is a system of competition. <laughs> right. No, nope. no. Nope. So it, it's it's not it's it's not. 
you know, the best way I can say this is the way Gilder says it, the golden rule of capitalism, the good fortune of others is also one's own. It's not zero sum. If Intuit gets rich doing this, bless them, because all they did was validate that there's a, 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 a demand for, for bookkeepers. Mm-hmm. Yep, for, for a human interaction. It's yeah. like, you know, I always use the example if I, if I was a bookstore owner, say in a you know, relatively small, medium-sized town, like where I live, Petaluma, if I owned a bookstore and a library was opened up, should I be upset? Well, an economist would look at me and go, no, you should not be upset. Yeah, okay, we know it's hard to compete with free, but that library being in your community is going to develop more readers in your community who are more interested in books. And the fact that you have a thriving library in a community says that you have readers <laughs> in that community, and that's going to redound to the benefit of the local booksellers. Absolutely. And Ron, when we get back from our break, let's let's talk a little bit about, first of all, the, the price anchoring effect of this, and then also maybe some strategies who are people, people who, who, for people who are concerned about it, regardless of what we have to say so far. Uh, but we will give you those and talk about that after our break. Right? Want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or me. The email address is asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the show notes are available, the soul of enterprise. And please remember our Patreon site, patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can listen to commercial-free versions of the show as well as bonus episodes that we record on a weekly basis. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. 
Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about how incumbents hate competition. And, Ed, I've got something in, in fire, file this in the category of Mark Twain. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. <laughs> uh, the California Society of CPAs used to publish a ma- monthly magazine. In fact, they still do. It's called – I don't know if it's monthly, though. Um, it's called Outlook. And in the 19 winter 1996 version of that magazine, there appeared a letter to the editor – and this is included in my very first book, the one that's out of print, folks, so don't bother looking for it. But I'm, I've got a copy opened in front of me. And here's the letter. I am writing to comment on the tactics of QuickBooks, whose latest ad appears in the, in the fall issue of Outlook. QuickBooks and TurboTax, both owned by Intuit, market their products to both consumers and the CPA profession. My concern is the attempt by Intuit to be both the vendor and competitor to the profession. Um, and then he says... For the timid, they propose having a professional tax preparer review and sign the completed return. So this is, you know, obviously before TurboTax Live program. But there's a tempting proposition, taking responsibility for a return in which I did none of the input and for which the client expects to pay for about 30 minutes of my time. I realize that write-up and tax preparation services are becoming more and more a commodity. We should not be helping it along with the QuickBooks TurboTax package. Now, let me ask you, Ed, you know me pretty well. What do you think my opening pair of my opening sentence was after that, quoting that letter? Well, probably you're you're an idiot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I said this, and 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 even I was, as I was reading this thing, I completely forgot about all this, except I remember the letter, and that's why I went and got the book and found it. But here's what I said: notwithstanding his attack on the First Amendment right of a business to advertise. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was obnoxious even back then, just so yep. you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I said, look, look at this guy's attitude. You know, he thinks he's only worth 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's still got that mentality. And it just it just blows my mind. This is 1996. We are, what, tw- 22, three years later, and we're yep. still – I mean, come on. Let's get over this. But here, here's, my, here, here's my question. You know, a lot of talk about this anchor price of $200. And again, I'm all for this. I think it's a great move. I think it validates the market. It just means that bookkeepers have to pay a lot more attention to positioning and strategy. I think this, you know, uh, niche is obviously important, but here's, here's my take on this, Ed. I think this, everybody's talking about how low $200 a month is. I think if they're really going for the low end of the market, the do it yourself market, and maybe even some of the higher end market, I think their price might be too high. Very possible. You know, one of the things that I, I'm going to suggest is okay. Then this this gets now to a conversation about magic work versus logic work and Tim Tim Williams' great work. And I think we've done a couple of shows regarding that. So if you want more details on that, but the the, the short version of this is that in, in with professional work, there's always the stuff that you've got to do that it, it look it appear, appears to be low value to the customer, right? And But once you have that, that's when you can apply the high value, what Tim would call magic work, to it. And, of right. course, like the example that he often gives is, you know, if, you, if you've got Ogilvy as your, your advertising agency and you get a bill from them for $200 an hour to resize a banner ad, you're kind of <laughs> pissed, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> So what Ogilvy did, of course, was was separate out the brands, 
right? They, they, they actually created two companies, Ogilvy Red and then o, and then Red Works, I believe, is the one that does the low-end magic uh, logic work, right? right? And they call themselves the Beautiful Factory, which is just a great it is way, way to talk about that, right? But so here's the thing: you want to so you want to want to come come out swinging against into it. So what you do is you create your offering where you say the quote bookkeeping is free. We just right. give that to you. Yep. You don't have to, you don't pay us for the bookkeeping at all. What you pay us for is the stuff that we do after the bookkeeping's done. Right. Right. And we'll just include it in the bookkeeping is it's, it's, and that's not what you're paying for at all. You're paying for this stuff that you're getting our analysis, our insight, our foresight, however, however you want to phrase it. Right. So, you know, do, do, do the bookkeeping for free or don't take that custom and you're not going to want that customer anyway and tell them, you know what, you should probably just go with, go, go with the Intuit offering. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like when H and R block entered the market and I, and they did back in the fifties, I think when block started, I think in 55 or something, I forget, but, um, and you know, yeah, it upset and it still to this day upsets the CPA profession that H and R block is there. But, in my mind, it was like as as a practicing CPA, I said, "This is great." Now I've got a place to send clients that aren't a good fit, customers who aren't a good fit for me or the type of work I want to do. There's a low end of the market. You know, not everybody needs a CPA to to do a tax return, and you know, surgeons shouldn't pierce ears. I didn't want to do that type of work. Mm-hmm. And now they had a place to go where they could be well served. I mean, people talk about quality and all that, but you know what? H&R Block does a good job for the most part. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been around. They haven't they wouldn't have been lasted for 60 plus years that they have. Yeah, they've created a ton of value, especially, like you said, at that low end of the market where, you know, and do do people who, who are are doing tax returns as CPAs really want to do that work? I, I mean, I, the only place I can see where you where you're doing those those easy knockoff tax returns, so to speak, that that require, quote, 30 minutes of my time. Right. Would be something like, well, if you're doing if you're doing the the, the, the work for a, a business and the 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 business owner has a, a, a couple of kids who are now filing their own returns. Right. right? Sure. You know, throw them the hell in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Is it? Yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do a little Freddy's return. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole kitty tax return was an issue because, they, you know, at a certain point, if they earn money from a you know savings or bonds or whatever, they, they have to file a kitty tax return. Kitty tax returns can be somewhat of a pain, but yeah. th- but they're not that difficult. And yeah, you should you should just do it. And, you know, back to your point about doing the bookkeeping for free. There are consultants out there that have been advocating that. I, Joe Woodard is mm-hmm. uh, has yep. been one of them. And I think it's a viable strategy um, to go to market to. But if you take a look at our Verisage colleague, Paul Kennedy from O'Burning Kennedy in the UK, he does not do the compl- any of the compliance work unless he's doing the business advisory. And uh, he does not market it like, oh, you get the compliance work for free because you know, you're buying the advisory. He doesn't do that. In fact, he kind of charges a king's ransom for both. <laughs> but. Right. But certainly the, the, the advisory is, is a higher price than, than the compliance if you were to unbundle it, which he doesn't. We but do, and that's the thing. He doesn't he unbundle doesn't, it. Right. right. You it, can't have one without the other. That's right. He's getting that halo effect mm-hmm. from 
the advisory services over the compliance services, and he's charging a nice price for both. But, you know, that's part of his business model. It's part of his strategy. It's part of his positioning. He's They've worked very hard to get there. Um, but, you know, this is going to – I think this is going to force bookkeepers and, and to some extent accountants too – uh, and even CPAs, I would say, uh, to to up their game and think about, really think about positioning and strategy. Um, and and the other thing, Ed, that's not really talked about, that that, that I think is kind of overlooked in this in this whole debate, mm-hmm. is you know what this is? This is the subscription model on steroids. Bang! And it validates that as well. Mm-hmm. It sure does. It sure does. I, I, that 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 immediately came to my mind too when you saw it. I mean, the, the, like I said, there's problems with it because of the way that they framed it on the site. Mm-hmm. But but other, but it is it is certainly a valid validation of the subscription model without question. Yep, and you know between their train tracks, it 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 might be acceptable. I, you know, one of the reasons why I think it might be too high of a price is because, well, it, if you start high, you can always go down, right? They have they're going to have no problem if they need to reduce the price for whatever reason, but it'd be pretty hard to move back up. But if if it's on the rails, then this validates the fact that a subscription model where you're you're subscribing to the company, not you know, not just the product or service. Like we talk about Porsche, you can subscribe to a Porsche. You're, it's not tied to a car because you can get what eighteen different cars a year or something. No, that? the unlimited. That that the it, it was, oh, it's, it, it's unlimited. Yeah, Porsche is the one is unlimited. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was the other one that we we saw that we, that was doing that. They had a limitation to eighteen switches, but I mean that's that's amazing. But you're subscribing to Porsche mm-hmm. rather than a particular car, and that's it, if you're in a relationship business. And you want annual recurring revenue and you want a predictable stream. And, and, and by the way, the other thing the subscription model does that's overlooked as well by some is it, it, it raises the value of your, your firm mm-hmm. yeah. to, a pers- to a prospective buyer. And I, and I think this is that we're dancing around it, but this is another side of it. It, it is it then comes down to also a customer selection issue, right? Yes. Do do we do we want this type of customer in our portfolio? And you know that this is this is going back to stuff that you know we've talked about for years because it's a derivation of of the market share myth, right? Any 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 dollar is a good dollar, any hour is a good hour, and any revenue is good revenue. Right. And that, and that's just simply not true. I mean, we've debunked that one for years, not just us, but but folks like Richard Miniter. Mm-hmm. Right. The market share myth. Yep. Yep. And you know what, what, what I will say in this whole kerfuffle, (laughs) um, especially, and I think social media just, you know, magnifies things and blows things out of proportion, but keyboard, keyboard warriors out there, you know, yeah, you know, what's that that joke when the the guy's up and his wife's in bed and it's like 3am on the clock. She goes, honey, come to bed. And he goes, no, somebody's wrong on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've actually um, said that too, Christine. <laughs> that, that's a, like, like a real conversation from my house. <laughs> um, and now I lost my train of thought, but, uh, so, uh, you know, I, it, I just think that it, the whole thing is, is, um, to, to, to some people's credit, they have chimed in and said, well, these are the customers I don't want anyway. Right. 
And so, and, and more and more people have said that. And, and I think that's a good thing. That means that message is getting out there. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Well, last break, Ron, I'm going to remind you the show notes available at the soul of enterprise.com, the Patreon site at patreon.com slash TSOE for $7 a month. You cannot listen to the Greg kite commercials. And if, if you are so interested, we also have the show notes available 24 seven, the soul of enterprise and all previous episodes that you can listen to on the site. But right now a word from our sponsor and my employer, Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSO and subscribe today please for the love of god make it stop you are tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about how incumbents hate competition, but customers love it. And what customers really like is not so much competition, but choice. And they like lots of choices at different price points. And I think this is what's going on here. But Ed, you know, in the, in the last segment here, I, I, let's talk about two things. Let's talk about jobs and let's talk about how firms should respond. I know we've done that a little bit, but we can maybe expand on that. But I just want to take down this jobs thing. You know, Blake, um, Thank you, Blake, uh, for doing the research for me. He went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and he found out that there's 1.7 million jobs in the bookkeeping, accounting, and auditing clerk category. Now, I have no idea what an auditing clerk is. That's not usually how okay. firms refer to their auditors, but you know, it kind of gives you a rough idea. Now, the question always is, and, and Suskin tries to deal with this in the future of the professions, you know, are those jobs going to disappear? And, and I just that is not the right thing to look at because it, it you can't judge a sector by the number of jobs. You have to look at a sector based upon its output. And manufacturing is the perfect example. Manufacturing employment in the United States of America has been declining since the 1950s, the post-World War II era. And yet we are in a manufacturing golden age in the United States of America because the output has never been higher the difference is we're just doing it with fewer people. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's a point I make over and over. But if General Motors could make 10 million cars, well, let's say Toyota, G- GM might not be a good example since they're <laughs> getting rid of cars. Uh, Toyota, if Toyota could make 10 million cars with one employee, they would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And we'd all be better off for it. Yeah. Now, where would all those employees, you know, Toyota employees go? Well, they'd go to other places. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's nostalgic for bowling pin setters. My dad's brother used to be a bowling pin setter when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and that that is not a fun job. He used to tell me the horror stories of being, being nailed by bowling pins, flying <laughs> bowling pins, which are heavy. I don't know if you've ever, like, you know, I have. Oh, no, no, no. Up. I never yeah, saw them, but I've told you, you know. And you got crazy people who are drinking down the other it, end well, with 16-pound rocks. I, I mean, it's not like at the golf course where they're trying to, you know, swipe at the kid who's out there picking up the balls. But it's close. <laughs> close, and, yeah. You, yeah, they used to, you know, run around with mattresses in the back, and and it, they were set in like four or five lanes. One guy mm-hmm. was, you know, set, was responsible for four or five lanes. I mean, it's a lot of work. He says, "I've never been more exhausted in my life." Mm-hmm. As a former cop and you know Navy veteran, <laughs> so anyway, um, and and nobody's nostalgic for telephone operators. So you know, let's stop trying to think about the impact on jobs. Economists don't look at it that way. Because they look at the output of a sector. Right. Well, nobody likes it. And you and I have both brought this up in presentations that we do. The purpose of the economy is not to create jobs. And yep. there's a, that makes a lot of people very mad. Because if we wanted to create jobs, then we should take away Sage and all these software, you know, and not even go back to your example of Visicalc or whatever it was. We Ready should to run accounting. To, we, <laughs> yeah, we should just go back to pen and paper. And call them the pads. Yeah, and, let's and do Quill. Well, quill okay, pens. Quill. Yeah. yeah. And and that would create all sorts of jobs. It would take it would take just tons of people to do the books. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't be any better off. Our standard of living would be worse. Um, it's just it's the wrong it's the wrong lens to look through when you're analyzing an effect on a sector is to think about well, how many jobs is this gonna cost? It's the wrong thing to look at. Yeah, and it and and it does have a, sometimes a terrible impact on some people. But we we have to, we have to be adaptable and we have to adjust. And you say, well, what about the people who you know they're like in their late late career? I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, you 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 can't just say, well, let, let's just preserve this just for them. I mean, I suppose that there there are some companies that with 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 compassion that might say, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to hang on to Harry for another couple of years, right? Right. Let let him do what he needs to do, and you know if the, if that's a decision that they want to make, good on him. But if it's at the cost of then the company folding because we have this one bookkeeper that we've got to keep busy or or pay, well, then that's never going to work. Right. And you know how moral is it to go out of business because you're trying to maintain a job or a set of jobs? Exactly. I, I just you know even when you t- think about it from a household perspective, nobody's going to get rid of their washing machine because they miss the labor <laughs> and the job of you know going down to by the by the lake with a rock and yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. We look for labor saving devices all over the place. But okay, so we'll we'll get off that rant. Ed, what should be some of the strategic responses that firms deploy in light of, of this and other things going on? Well, we talked about two of them already. One, one is to just say, "Hey, listen, you, you, you're going to undercut them and uh, un, in, in, into it, and say we'll do it for free as long as you get the magic work on top of it, right?" 
Right. Um, and then O'Burns and Kennedy's to taking the other approach, which is no, 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 we're, we're so good that you're going to get both from us take it or leave it. And we don't want you if you only want the low end stuff from us. Right. So, you know, get gets back to to, to market and positioning um, and wh- where what is your position in the marketplace? What how do people view view what it is that you do? Maybe we, maybe you stop using the word bookkeeper. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe that's what. you Yeah. So bookkeeping is going away and maybe you embrace it and say things like, yeah, I'm not a bookkeeper anymore. I don't. That's not what I do. The, the, there's systems that do the bookkeeping. I'm now an advisor, an interpreter. What's well, the the crazy term that the the, the AICPA cognitor. cognitor? Yeah, yeah I'm a cognitor. Yeah, <laughs> right. But but you know that that kind of thing and change change your position. You know, watch, watch the Shreddies commercial. Change the position that you have in the market space, and you control that. You completely control that. Right. Couldn't agree more. And I think and I think this also just brings up how important it is to specialize. You know, Tim Williams says, you know, you want to be boxed in to a particular industry, demographic, whatever it might be, because if you're not in a box, you have no strategy. You can't be all all things tall people. It's going to be so much easier for somebody for a firm that does nothing but dentists or microbrewers to be able to fight off these types of challenges because entrepreneurs and business owners want to know that you know their industry. And, you know, I know bookkeepers are smart people, but you can't know every single industry and you can't certainly know all the technology that applies to them all. So you got to specialize. If you're not specialized, you got to seriously start going down that road because that's going to differentiate, I think, uh, more profitable firms from less profitable firms in the future. Yeah, and I, just one thing that I'll add to that, I think there's there's a little there's a little bit of mistake in thinking that sometimes specialization has to be in a particular industry or in a particular segment. There are ways to create specialization around psychographics rather sure. than demographics, and right. and I and I think that that's a missing point that far too many professional organizations look to. That it's it's got to be some you know uh, metropolitan service area, seventy five mile radius around where where I am, plastics manufacturing. That's not what, ha- what we, we, where you have to be. It can be also uh, psychographic as well. Right. So bottom line, folks, we're all for this. We think it's great. It's a show of dynamism in the market and it validates bookkeeping. It doesn't, it does not undercut it and it certainly doesn't kill it. So Ed, what's on store for next week? Ron, uh, continuing with the theme of subscription, we are, we'll be interviewing Tian Su, who's the author of the book Subscribed. Oh, awesome. I look so forward to it. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at thesoulofenterprise.com for more information on today's show, including additional resources and links. Also, you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.